Hello and welcome to From the Be All End, the Burnley podcast. Uh, we've just got together just after Burnley's 1-0 defeat to Spurs uh, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Uh, a game of very few chances, one or two chances with the Clarets towards the end. And it has to be said, a little lack of quality from either side as well. Um, I'm Andrew Grease, with me Simon Evans, Paul Woodhouse and Chris Borden. Uh, Simon, Vincent described that as the the kind of the ideal draw for us before. And we were kind of surmising whether that meant, um, you know, it meant we were going to go out, but we weren't, you know, going out to a lower league team. It kind of almost feels as that game panned out like the perfect draw for us, didn't it, really? We didn't disgrace ourselves. We didn't get pummeled. We saw some flashes, could have probably snatched a replay at the end, but we've gone out valiantly, haven't we? Kind of. Yeah, I mean... It was a poor game overall, I think. Um, you know, I think a neutral watching that game wouldn't have been particularly entertained. Um, but, and the crowd, you know, you didn't feel like that stadium does have, that can generate a really good atmosphere. And it felt like a bit like a, a reserve team sort of uh, atmosphere there. Um, and, you know, Spurs never got going. They never really got anywhere near their best. They didn't they didn't play with the fluency that they can do. Um left with a sort of feeling that we could have been them, really. You know, they, they were there for the taking to a degree. Um, some really solid defending, both central defenders, Dalquois and uh, and O'Shea had, had excellent games. Probably their two, both, probably had their best games for Burnley this season, I think. Um, but up front, we just so lightweight. I'm doing, he had two good chances. The one at the end, I don't know what his weird position he gets into, but it's just not coming coming off for him, is it? But yeah, I left feeling like well, it could have been like a one nil away win, a bit of a cup upset, and here we go. But we just, you know, Foster going off at half time. He was he was poor, um, but then bringing on Brun Larson up front just gave us a very lightweight front line, and you just we never seemed to have that option to put him under pressure with some long balls or a more direct style. So a bit disappointing, really. Yeah, and would he? I mean. Simon mentioned the substitution there. It, it didn't feel like we kind of knew what we were going to do with Brun Larson because, like you say, he's never he's not going to win headers in the way that Jay perhaps might rough a central defender up and no. get his body in the way and and, and drop a ball back from Dooney. But uh, you, have you got the same feeling as Simon that it's one of them? Actually, Spurs were quite beatable tonight. They were a bit lethargic. They were a bit lacklustre at times. Didn't massively trouble us, but we've come away having got beat. Yes. Spurs played like a side that didn't want to get any more injuries and didn't quite get out of second gear, although they never looked like they had another gear to go into. Um, I think Amdouni had a, 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 a little mini nightmare. He played like he was up front for Chelsea. Um, and I think when Brun, Brun Larson coming on, obviously not only was he not going to win a header, but we also lost any straight line speed that Foster would have had. There was that little incident, not incident, but like that little moment in the, in the second half where he received the ball off, I'm, I'm doing it. And you know, Foster, he was on the shoulder of the, the last man mm. and he probably would have gone off and at least made a chance out of it. And Brun Larson didn't have the legs to do it. Um, so again, there's that silly little mistake in transition off Amdune, which we've done far too many times this season. Um, 
And so, yeah, while we obviously had the better chances, um, we still didn't do quite enough to to win it. And um, apart from maybe Charlie Taylor's hopefully not too serious injury, it looked like a shoulder, didn't it? It was only shoulder. Um, so maybe we'll get a left back after all, after Christmas. Yeah, and, and Chris, at one point, I think Clive Tilsley was... Uh, certainly on the, the UK feed, talking about his revolutionary new scanners you shop <laughs> for substitutes. He was suggesting you could just do away with the, the number boards and just have a QR code. One goes off and one comes in in some kind of automated Amazon supermarket. It was that kind of game, wasn't it? It was one of them that kind of the crowd didn't feel up for it. The players, both sides were sloppy as hell at times. Oh, but yeah. in the end, it's a bit of a worldie that's won it. But again, of us of our own kind of making, aren't we? You know, yeah. Texas have gone downfall with that passage of play leading up to it. Yeah, it was obviously too much, too long to uh, spend thinking about that uh, bizarre theory. Clive is a smashing, uh, smashing fella, by the way. So many people remember his uh, voiceover on the '92 uh, Champions video. He got long history with Burnley and one of the best in the business, I think. But uh, but no, just look. That's it. I'm, I'm with Simon. I've got a feeling. I'm, I'm encouraged, but I've got a feeling of disappointment because like Spurs mm. were eminently beatable tonight. I don't think they score all night, but for an absolute thunder bastard. And I'll give the lad 99 more chances to do that and he won't do it. Let's take him, you know, take him down to Spurs training ground tomorrow. I'll give him another 99 bashes. He won't, he won't score that goal again. It's just, and again, it's just a... You know, it's, I'm I'm doing it. I mean, I, the, the amount of times he slipped tonight, whether he got the wrong boots on, the wrong studs, but uh, that it was just indicative. We 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 know he's such a technically gifted player, but he can he can also do. You know, he has these moments where he he, he makes the uh, the basics look difficult. You know, it's uh, and, and again the chance at the end. It, it's it's come to him at an awkward angle. But if you remember the goal he scored at Forest in the League Cup, and certainly at Villa last weekend he's, he's mm. got the ability to take that chance and it's mm. it's quite telling that you know, we've struggled so long in terms of attacking set plays and <laughs> you know big big Murich is the answer isn't he <laughs> he uh, great I mean, he flick had, on he was a great yeah. flick on with that yeah. so fabulous. I mean he's a big lad he should be winning uh, should be winning headers and stuff like that and, and generally you know give it I mean he took a few risks uh with a few of his, uh, you know, with his distribution at times, but generally I thought his distribution was decent. And uh, he was Peter the Cat, wasn't he, with his saves? He was making them look like, uh, you know, proper proper for the television moments. But, uh, yeah, I just overall, I'm I'm, I'm just I'm disappointed. Is it? I used to you know to speak often to Tony Scholes, uh, and he always used to say to me, "So it's a, it's it's a sad day when you're out of the FA Cup." And I, I, yeah, I tend to agree with him. I think it's, uh, yeah, it, we all we all sort of spoke of our our, our hopes and dreams uh, in the, in the, in this morning's podcast, and it's all of a sudden, yeah, I'm not getting my new Armani suit. I know it's an absolute shocker that Simon was on Booking.com at one point booking hotels for FA Cup final day. And now fully we're... refundable May twenty fifth booking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One one flight from Miami, one careful owner, never used. That's uh, that's going on yeah, the yeah. Uh, Facebook uh, Facebook market page uh, tomorrow. But let's let's talk about Murray, shall we, for a little um, for 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 a second because. 
I, I would say, arguably, it, you know, as much as we can criticise Amdouni, there's no real need for for Murich to be in such a rush to get that ball out, is there? You know, his throw is kind of that weird little throw over the top, kind of puts Amdouni in a little bit of trouble. You know, I think if Amdouni lets it run across his body rather than going for the nutmeg, he's probably away from Poro. But it, it kind of... You know, there's a lot of loving for obviously Murich being back in the side, and you know, I thought his distribution at times was 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 you know better than Trafford, and at times it wasn't as good as Trafford's. But Woody, we we kind of clamoured for Murich early in the season, and we've kind of settled into Trafford, and you know, his shot stopping. Did we see anything tonight that suggests we were right at the start of the season, and Vincent was wrong? Um, I thought I thought overall he he had a. A pretty solid game, and he looked—he he looked like a guy who had a point to prove. He looked like he wanted to be there. He looked like he wanted to play, unlike a lot of other p- folks on on that pitch tonight. And it's the tempo that he sets. He sets a tempo differently, mm. like an outfield player sets a tempo, and that's the main difference between him and Trafford. It was very nice to see him do his little Cruyff turn. That was a, a nice little moment. But other than that, he made some reasonable saves. There was nothing out of the ordinary or extraordinary that he had to do. Commanded his box very well, better than I remembered. Um, and I think, I, I don't know, I would I, w- I would have said beforehand that Trafford's been doing enough, but kind of Murich reminded us a, a little bit more again of mm. what we miss a little bit. But to your point, uh, Grise, some of, his, some of his distribution was a little bit harem scarum at times. That yeah. that ball out that went to that went to Amdouni that he lost possession of, we saw that quite a lot last season. That quick ball out to the wide area, mm. and so many times we saw Zorori just skip away from somebody yeah. and suddenly start a counter attack, or maybe Benson on the other side or Teller doing doing that kind of thing. And it does make you wonder, you know, in the Premier League, whether you could, whether that would would happen as much, you know, or. Or maybe these players like Amdouni aren't as aware of that as Zaruri was last season and so on. Because, I mean, he's had a stinker as Amdouni, hasn't he? With two chances and then giving it away for the goal, poor lad. But, but, but um, yeah, I, I thought with with Murich, you just got a feeling of authority with him, though, with the saves and the way he handles the ball. There's something about Trafford. It's not absolutely not a criticism because there's nothing he can do about it. But it's that young lad feeling with Trafford when he's around and like, you know, the way, even the way he fits into his shirt and, and he how, carries himself and that sort of thing. Whereas Murich, it feels like having like a big Premier League keeper in goal. Um, but I don't think he did anything uh, and Trafford hasn't done anything bad either to merit a change. I mean, he's, he's made his decision and that's the way we're going with it. Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, a few times you could hear, you know, a fairly big boom in keepers you know, from Murich as he was coming to claim balls. So I, I, I 100% agree with that. I think the way he commands his box um, was a little bit, you know, I, I'd kind of forgotten how commanding he can be and how commanding he was in the second half of last season. Yeah. Um, I, I think, he again, the playing out from the back a couple of times in the first half, and you mentioned there, you know, the awareness of Amdouni. There was a couple of times when he played very similar balls to what he did last season and Ramsey kept losing it. And again, I wonder whether that's, the Premier League, the, the difference in quality, or Chris, is that Ramsey's just not as aware. Now, Lee Dixon was saying, look, Murich should be looking. Murich can see everything in front of him. You know, hit it long. 
I've kind of thought about it. Do you think it's up to Muric or is it just that, you know, Ramsey should just be a little bit better at that quick ball around the corner rather than, you know, trying to take it in? And we've seen that with Ramsey a couple of times, haven't we, where he tries to take the ball in and then he loses it. Um, is it the step up or is it just the players perhaps not yet being up to speed with what Muric would want to do or what the system requires? It's a bit of both, isn't it? I mean, I mean, also take into account, I mean, it's Muric has only started in cup games. Ramsey has fleetingly started. Off the top of my head, I can't, uh, can't tell you how many times, but it's, you know, it's, it's, in, it's in low figures. So neither are sort of used to, to playing with each other other than uh, on the training part. But I mean, the one in particular Lee Dixon picked up, it was uh, similar to the one at Wolves where, you know, there were three opposition shirts converging and but you know we criticised Muric for you know if you remember the goal against Blackpool in the uh, in the three apiece last season where he gave it Josh Cullen and you know Cullen got robbed and uh, and Blackpool uh, Blackpool score it's it's I say it's the risk risk reward isn't it you know we, we, you're going to get that Muric loves you know, he loves to fizz that pass you know between you know between the lines. He plays it in, you know, into feet, looking for a quick interchange, and all of a sudden Burnley are out. And uh, it's, uh, you know, I say Ramsey. The worrying thing is for for a player who's who's so good higher up the pitch that we've seen in patches, the amount of times he gives away possession in his own uh, his own defensive third, and you will be punished as as he has been, you know, rather uh, unfortunately at, at, at Villa as it turned out. But uh, yeah, it's, I mean that's just. God, surely you know you know what Murich is all about. You know, he must have seen enough uh, sort of clips and enough of him in training. Yeah, definitely. I'm just looking at some stats on Vitinho. I, I didn't think Vitinho had too bad a game. I saw a few people on social media kind of calling out Vitinho, and I had a couple of people text me saying they don't think he's good enough. But um, 83% pass completion, 20 out of 24 passes, won 13 out of 17 ground duels. Um and made eight uh, eight tackles, one clearance, one interception, one it absolute is... pig's ear of a fabulous cropping <laughs> opportunity. And then well. is that is that when all the text messages start arriving after that cross? Uh, it, it, it genuinely was because that was, yeah. he, he'd, he'd done the hard work. He dropped the shoulder, oh, got past his dude. man, and then made an absolute holic to the uh, the cross. TV. The my, my trainer went through the TV at that stage. Yeah. <laughs> It is weird, isn't it, how we watch football matches? Because I, I have, again, I've seen a lot of people slating um, quite a lot of them performances. That, but listen, we weren't great from a from a passing point of view. But we've already talked about the two centre halves having incredible, you know, their best games for Burnley. Lee Dixon, who's a man who knows how to defend, um, you know, picked out Delquar and uh, and and uh, O'Shea. And I've been critical of O'Shea, but I thought he was fantastic. There is there is some positive signs there if you look at the way we played against Spurs, albeit with Son, albeit with Madison, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But that is as full a strength side as Ange can put out at the minute, given the injuries and the absentees. But Simon, there, there's little bits there, isn't there, which you just think it's almost our season in a nutshell, isn't it? We don't take as chances, we're too lightweight, but defensively we've looked decent. We kept an unchanged. You know, barring the 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 enforced change, there's signs, isn't there? There's growth signs with that performance tonight, isn't there? Even if they're only small. Well, the two centre halves are definitely the biggest positive of the night. Their performances, 
I would say uh, I would say Delcourt did 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 very well, and and O'Shea at times was was outstanding. I thought he did he really caught the eye as a central defender. I thought I thought he did really really well, and he's a player who a lot of us were saying earlier in the season, what a duff signing. He's just not up to it, um, and he's he's starting to prove us wrong. He's looking really solid now, um, but. There's other performances there. Amdouni and Ramsey are the ones that come to mind. And Brun Larson, to be honest, who did absolutely nothing after he came on, I thought. He, he looked so lightweight. His technical ability is there and we've seen it, but he just doesn't seem to have that sort of... I don't know. I mean, he doesn't get great service, but there doesn't seem to be that zip there or that energy there. He felt like a little bit. It looked... It looked like he was going through the motions a bit tonight, uh, like he was a bit down or something. Um, but maybe it's just because he's not getting getting the service that he expects, or he's playing in that weird position as well. I mean, I don't know what he was supposed to be a false nine, is it? Are we are we going down that route with it? But you know, it's we're short we're short of, of quality, like proper quality that hurts people in the final third, especially if Foster's like not not there like and uh, i think i think you know if you took if we're going back to that transfer window discussion you know there's a few things pop up tonight that really strike you which is like if charlie taylor's injured cool. although alda keel did quite well at left back mm-hmm. um i don't want to be paying a month with alda keel at left back no with no backup for charlie taylor at all as we've said a million times um and you know that center forward again if foster's not there and he's not bringing on Jay for whatever reason, then, you know, we can't expect to win games. We're front line of Trezor, who ain't got going yet. Um, Brun Larson, who ain't really got going yet. And uh, and whoever else was uh, floating around. Amdunia, who's, who's, you know, it's not coming off for him a lot. You know, it's not coming off for him a lot. I know he got a good goal at Villa the other week, but, it's, he's, you know, he's not taking his chances. He's a bit of a nearly man still, isn't he? So, the, the suggestion is, I mean, the suggestion is that Connor Roberts might go to Leeds. So, I mean, we, you, you need a bit of competition at right back potentially. Mm-hmm. And if if Charlie Taylor's going to be missing, I mean, we already needed a left back. <laughs> you can't let Connor Roberts out the building, can you? No, no, that'd no. be madness. Yeah. But madness, Woody, is is kind of what Vincent does this year, isn't it? We said that when when the lineup came. I think, I, and it doesn't help that we do the lineup in numerical order, so you can't really work out mm. who's meant to be playing where. But it, it is kind of, you know, I don't know if you expected Zorori. We we were sending Zorori to Hull City in, in yesterday's podcast on Friday. And and all of a sudden he pops up in the starting lineup. If you're Nathan Redmond, you must be thinking, Christ Almighty, I've been sat on this bench and someone's come from, you know, basically come from Gawthorpe to take a place in a starting lineup. It almost felt a little bit like that square pegs in round holes discussion we've had so many times in the opening mm-hmm. few games from a selection point of view, didn't it? Yeah, exactly. It seems to be, and it's we we are mirroring our kind of championship season a little bit, but the difference is is that. With the championship season, when we were taking people out, bringing people in, they could slot in, we could change it around a little bit, and the opposition went nowhere near the class and calibre of what we're seeing now. If we suddenly, if in, in, in the Premier League this year, if we tweak just at the tiniest little bit of a thing, stuff starts to fall to bits quite quickly. 
You know, it's we don't we can't we don't have the luxury of being able to play square pegs in round holes. It just all falls to pieces extremely quickly, um, and we we need to have something approaching the right types of players in the right types of positions for the right types of roles. You know, from the start to the finish for for you know ninety plus minutes, and that's where we can that's where we obviously kind of fell down a little bit today not being able to fall back on, you know, anything like a centre forward, you know, and it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a little bit of a shame because you can see that progression. You know, you can see these players getting better. You can see the side getting better. You can see, you can see Vincent learning, arguably. And it feels like it would be disappointing for us to come out of this league as we'll probably get to the end of the season and look like we really do quite belong you know, in the in the Premier League this time around, so I'd like, I, yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd like to see us uh, get the right types of players this, uh, in this window to support that. Yeah, definitely. Um, and just finally, um, on uh, Zerori's performance, Chris, just um, what did you make of of Zerori? Obviously, we've we've talked a lot about his impact last season and, you know, him being out in the cold and we talked about, you know, rumours of an attitude problem. I guess the fact that he started today ahead of people like Redmond perhaps suggests there isn't an attitude problem, but did you think he did anything to to kind of stake a claim against Luton a week on Monday? No, not whatsoever. You, You could see he's really anxious to impress and anxious to the point where he's, uh, sort of snatching at stuff. You know, he's, not just not had enough starts to have any sort of uh, you know momentum and you know match match fitness match sharpness and uh, you know as as we saw on the opening night when he was you know he caught caught Carl Walker and was sent off you know a couple of occasions where he's he, he, he's desperate to win the ball back and he's rushing the challenge and he you know mm. he he could have uh, you know could have got himself in some uh, some trouble again there disciplinary wise and it's it's just a shame it's just not panning out. I said, I did wonder whether he might play sort of Amdouni from the right and play Zerori off the front, uh, you know, because we were pondering whether, obviously, Odebert's more suited to the left-hand side, as is Zerori. And, uh, you know, I don't think either really enjoy that right-sided role. It's, it's uh, no, just uh, just didn't work for him. By the way, what? those no, those numbers we were wearing on the shirts that are new, this this new font... The new fonts, yeah. I noticed they've got this little B in in the bottom of it, which is the same as the one that Pace has been wearing on his baseball cap. Is are we are we heading for some uh, stealth rebrand here that's going on? Do you think? What's that about? Oh shit! We're going to be some American uh, college college football side sort of look about it, isn't it? But uh... (laughs) he does, doesn't it? It looks like a, a kind of. You know, little league baseball logo, and the 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 problem I've got with it, and I don't, I, I made this point to somebody this morning when I was chatting to him about it. I I don't mind kind of supplementary branding like that. So the B I think actually isn't too bad, and if you want a piece of merchandise that's a bit more subtle to wear than having a a, a crest on something, I think it works all right. My biggest problem is is it looks like something from a Bavarian tavern. 
It looks like an October. It does, yeah. It's got logo, sort of doesn't it? Vaguely German Gothic sort of feel about yeah, it, hasn't it? It's not very <laughs> modern. Um, apparently, them numbers are are just for just for FA Cup games. <laughs> we're, we're not going to see them again this season. Uh, although so the, the women will also be wearing yeah. them in the, the women's FA Cup. Um, sure, and they don't actually, get, they don't actually go on sale until tomorrow. So they go on sale after we've already exited the men's FA Cup. Um, <laughs> which oh, is good. just which is just pace-esque, isn't it? Let's be honest. But I do quite like his baseball cap. I, I have to say I quite like the be on the baseball cap. It's not as good as the uh, the, the cap that Vincent wears with the, the circular logo. Um, but I do wonder if it's a if it's a precursor. Simon, you're right. I do wonder if it's a precursor to them attempting something like United have done with their third kit. I think it is this year. They've just got the the devil rather than the full United badge with the ship and things like that. So, yeah, Everton have their away kit. They've just got like the outline of the church spire, haven't yeah. they? Like, yeah, tower. Yeah. I do wonder, I think you're right. I wonder if it's going to be a precursor to that. But apparently it went through the fans' advisory board. So, um, Oh, that's good then. So, there you go. (laughs) Uh, We will launch our own. We are launching our fans panel, uh, and we're going to have more details of that uh, by the time we see you again next week for the main podcast. It's a chance for everyone to get involved. We're, We're not... We're, we're not going to uh, allow the club to choose the members of that particular fans panel. We're going to set some questions. We're going to get you to send in some voice notes and we're going to play some of those voice notes uh, at the end of different episodes and perhaps have a bit of a, a wider discussion every couple of, uh, every month or so, every couple of months and then share all uh, all the views online as well. Are you so suggesting that... that the other one may have been handpicked by the club? Oh God, no, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dare, Simon. I wouldn't dare. Um, and I've got nothing against the fans' advisory board. I think part of the problem is they're being hung out to dry by the club because the club will say, "Well, we consulted," and what they actually do is they tell them after the event that this is what we're going to do. So the drummer, for instance, was mentioned briefly, I believe, uh, many months ago, and then suddenly it became this kind of policy that's now disappeared thanks to our friend Bobby Ball. So we're we going to send Bobby the. the collective wisdom of our fan we are yeah yeah that's what we're going to do we're going to reveal a little bit more once we've uh we've got our ducks in a row but that's the plan the plan is we're going to have our own fans panel and we're going to email him all the things we're going to set things going to you know he'll be thrilled about that won't he he's going to love it he's going to love it Mm. he'll be twanging them braces like there's no tomorrow <laughs> anyway, let's leave it there because it's now approaching 25 to 11 at night. What a weird podcast that's been because we said there's loads of positives and there's loads of progress and things like that. And we've slated two thirds. Dara the Rock O'Shea was the big Dara comment, the Rock so. O'Shea. Yeah. But uh, yeah, let's just appreciate Dara O'Shea and, and uh, Hannes Delcroix, um, the, the two rocks at the back. Uh, for Burnley. Uh, we will see you next week for the uh, the regular podcast. Uh, the good thing about a Friday night game, of course, is that you've got the rest of your weekend to yourself. You don't have to worry about what the Clarets are up to. Uh, whatever you're doing, enjoy your weekend and we'll see you next time. Uh, up the Clarets. Jimmy McElroy to Watson. Go!